0: Amen. Good morning, Hope College. We, as you know, are in the season of Easter. And so in the church, for six weeks after Easter, we greet one another. And I say, Christ is risen. And you say, He is risen indeed. Risen indeed. Amen. One of the things I marvel at is the way God works. And one of the things He does is He tells that resurrection story the story of cross and rising in our stories, in our very lives. And this morning, we have a resurrection story, and it is about a girl named Sarah, and she is our last senior witness. (laughs) And that's all I need to say. Oh, well, thank you, Hope. Um, I want to say a special thank you to my Team Y worship band. Um, Thanks for putting up with me for this year and for that invitation. It's been beautiful. So I hope you don't mind this setup. I'm going to tell a story, and um, I thought that I would tell it in a way that is comfy. So here we go. Okay, if you would have told this girl that in four years' time, she was going to sit in front of a couple hundred people and tell the story of God's faithfulness, she would have looked at you, she would have laughed, and then she would have passed out right on the spot. Um, If you look close enough, she has like tears streaming down her face, and that's a death grip on her dog right there. Um, There's something about a story about a Sarah in the Bible where she laughs, and then God gives her exactly what she's laughing about. I don't know. Anyway. Um, But in Psalm 40... Verse four, 9 through 10, the poet David wrote, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation." God invited his beloved David to tell the story of faithfulness in his life. And I was invited to tell my story, not because I have it all together, not because I won some prize, not because I'm a big deal. This is a story of the glad news of deliverance, the hesed, or steadfast loving kindness of the Lord. Praise be to God. Once there was a girl who sat next to her sweaty, jittery, freshman peers in these very dim-knit pews and watched the orientation leaders replace the P in hope to an M, and it spelled home, (laughs) and she cried. (laughs) (laughs) She thought about home. Three and a half hours down US 31, in the suburbs of Carmel, Indiana, where the roundabouts are plenty and the cornfields hug the highways, home where her mama and dad made jokes and pancakes, where her sister Kate danced in her room and borrowed her clothes, (laughs) where there was a thump, thump, thump of a wagging dog tail on the hardwood floor. Home, familiar, safe, rhythmic, comfortable. That this girl ended up at Hope was a minor miracle. Ever since she could remember, deep-rooted anxiety persisted a river of what-ifs carving sharply into the banks of her mind, she would dig in her heels before the school bus came in the mornings, clenching her fists and whimpering to her mama, just, homeschool me. (laughs) She would feel her heart pound in her chest when she left home for a friend's house, and she would hide overnight summer camp pamphlets so her parents wouldn't find them. By the time she was in seventh grade, she was familiar with the lump in her throat panic attacks and was medicated for an anxiety disorder. That she would consider attending college hundreds of miles away from home was astonishing to her and her family. Would she even make it a week? But God was inviting her, tenderly showing her what he had in store. So she went. She did get to take a piece of home with her in the form of her string bean best friend of a twin brother, Andrew. (laughs) Glory, hallelujah. (laughs) On September 3rd, 2015, she wrote this in a journal. One week at Hope, maybe this is how it's going to go. I take it one day at a time, one week at a time for each semester. God knows how long it will take before this feels like home. He knows what I'm learning through all of this, even if I can't see what's happening in the chaos. And even as she wrote this, she perpetually planned a way out If things got uncomfortable or out of control, if panic settled in, if she longed for home, what would she do? Did God really invite her here? Did God really know what he was doing? Spoiler, he did. He does. He always will. Okay. During this time, she clung tightly also to a relationship that was slowly teaching her a script of lies. God will withhold good things. God is easily disappointed in you. God will not be present when you are tempted. God is not captivated by you because you are unclean. As she tried to make a home at Hope, as the unfamiliar closed in, she wrapped herself tighter and tighter in the false comfort of this relationship. Oh, but God was untangling her, working the glad news of deliverance, bringing her into the wild and wide country of trust. In the strangest of ways, through the oddest sequence of events, and it all started with invitation, people of hope. There is power in saying, come along, I want you here. It started with a community of women who meet in the wee hours of Friday mornings (gasps) by the name of Delight. Then, a wacky Nykirk play family, and before she knew it, she was recognizing faces and being recognized. She belonged, she was hearing truth. For goodness sake, though, Standing on a stage in crazy makeup, shouting lines during Nykirk, was not in the plan for making this place her home, and neither was sharing her testimony, all of it, even the ick of a struggle with pornography and an utterly skewed view of intimacy with 60 women of delight. She was invited, though, to be vulnerable, to bear a part of her that the enemy told her would never be healed. To this day, she sees vulnerability as strength. Find me later if you want to hear about three books that the Lord used to help redeem me from the ick. Isaiah 43, one says, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Home is being called by name, even after the ick is exposed. In Christ's redeeming work, by his death and resurrection we celebrated just a few days ago, we are claimed. And from that place, we step outside and keep trusting. Hear that, Sarah? Keep trusting, keep trusting, keep trusting. Her journals from the next month are full of pros and cons lists, questions scribbled in the margins and headings like big decisions. God was sending out invitations again. He invited her to travel with hope on an immersion trip to Montego Bay, Jamaica, to meet the students at the Caribbean Christian Center for the Deaf, to taste fried plantain and breadfruit, to worship in a tiny living room. This step outside of her comfort zone was more like a flying leap, and the Lord went with her not once, not twice, but three times with three beautiful groups. God invited her to trust him with an RA position in Voorhees Hall her sophomore year that would teach her to appreciate difference and community and hard work. Oh, and also introduce her to the fellow that would eventually become her fiancé. Hi, love you, Garrett. (laughs) God invited her to be a middle school counselor at Camp Geneva for the summer, yes, the whole summer, away from home at an overnight camp, ironic, where she tasted exhaustion and wonder at the same time. Then he said... Once was wonderful, but want to try another summer? So she went back and met campers she now attends college with and walks beside in community. Home was stretching. Home now looks like the pine grove done up in spring blooms or a sunrise atop Gloria's house in Jamaica and the cedar tree cluster beside her cabin at Geneva and the basement of Mao Cottage on a Friday morning. And it sounds like this place all because God extended an invitation and said, "'I will go before you and behind you.'" Despite everyone's warnings, I blinked. And now I'm here on the cusp of graduation and marriage and moving to Milwaukee, away from all the homes I've known. And God's tugging on me again, saying, "'Trust, Sarah, trust.'" In this time, I'm learning that I'm a forgetful person. I forget the ways the Lord has been faithful and present, steady and true. So thank you for letting me remember and celebrate with you today. The invitations in my story were out of grace from the Lord and they were not all easy to accept. I did not jump wholeheartedly or with complete peace into all of them or any of them for that matter. There are many days of doubt and countless panicked phone calls and coffee dates. Thank you to those who answered them. You know who you are. (laughs) But God is in the redeeming business of reminding his people who they are and whose they are reminding them where home will always be, and keeping them trusting. So whether you're a freshman, still trying to get a grip on this place, a sophomore who's asking big questions, a junior who's answering big questions, a senior who's flying out of here in a week and a half, someone who has transferred or will transfer, whether you feel like hope is home or not, listen, offering an invitation is powerful. Accepting an invitation requires boldness. Keep your eyes open, Belonging won't won't just fall into your lap. It can and it will take you off guard, though. By God's loving kindness, by his steady pursuit of us, we belong, whether our external circumstances show it or not. If God can hold a wandering, overheating, anxious heart like mine, he can hold yours. Praise be to God. I leave you with this poem by dear poet farmer Wendell Berry. There is a day when the road neither comes nor goes, and the way is not a way but a place." Thank you for being that place. Love you all.